0: Welcome to the Forward Healing Project. This is a weekly podcast where we acknowledge the challenges and grief experienced with infertility and miscarriage. Through honest and real talk, we will share stories, explore emotions, and seek healing by reclaiming, redefining, and renewing what it means to heal a hopeful heart. Welcome to the Forward Healing Project Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Allen. As always, I am humbled, and honored to be a part of your journey and grateful that you are a part of mine. If you're not already following me on Instagram, I'm at the Forward Healing Project and also Healing Hopeful Hearts. The Forward Healing Project is also on Twitter and you can listen to past episodes on any podcast platform you subscribe to or on my website at theforwardhealingproject.com. I've said that this podcast has a Catholic lens well, this episode's going to be full on Catholic goggles. So, for my non Catholic listeners, please don't let that deter you. I promise there's healing to be found here. This week's episode is on the seven sorrows of Mary. If you're listening to this podcast when it first comes out, we're at the beginning of Holy Week. I wanted to do this episode in line with the greatest of Mary's sufferings. Four of the seven sorrows of Mary are during the Passion of Christ. If you listen later, listen on still. The first time I heard of the seven sorrows was three years ago while on a silent retreat. The spiritual director I was assigned to gave me a book called Your Sorrow is My Sorrow by Joyce Rupp. I don't say this lightly, but it was life-changing. This book opened up to me an understanding of Mary as a grieving mother, a woman who while with unfailing faith walked through her life knowing that pain would ultimately come, And to be totally honest, the first time I read the book, I was a little put off by it. The book's structured in a way where it outlines each of the sorrows, and there's a journal entry of what Mary might have been thinking or feeling. I wasn't used to this form of imaginative prayer, and I was a little uncomfortable with the idea. But then I read it again. And then I read it again. And through the words, my heart shifted, and I began to find great healing through the sorrows of Mary. For those of you that don't know, briefly I'll outline each of the sorrows. The first one is the Prophecy of Simeon. This was when Mary and Joseph took the infant Jesus to the temple to be presented in accordance to Jewish law. Simeon said that, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your soul. He said that to Mary a sword will pierce your soul. The second sorrow is the fleeing into Egypt. Mary and Joseph in the middle of the night flee to Egypt with baby Jesus because they fear King Herod will find and kill him. The third sorrow is when they lose 12-year-old Jesus in the temple. They've been traveling back with a caravan for an entire day before they realized that Jesus wasn't with them. When they returned to Jerusalem, it took him three days for them to find him. The fourth sorrow is when Mary meets Jesus on the way of the cross. He's being handed his cross to carry in order to be crucified. The fifth sorrow is Jesus dies on the cross. The sixth sorrow is Jesus is taken down from the cross. And the seventh sorrow is Jesus is laid in the tomb. Think about those events. Any one of them would be alone. Any one of them alone would be torture enough to break the strongest of people. Knowing that your infant will grow and his life will be the rise and fall of many and will ultimately cause a pain that is described as a sword through her soul. Not a knife to the heart, not a broken heart, but a sword piercing her soul. That's what grief feels like. A sword through your soul, that your very essence has been irrevocably damaged and changed. The second sorrow is when Mary has to flee her home in the middle of the night to save her infant son. Twelve years later, she loses him, spends three days searching for him. Mary goes through her life journeying with Jesus, listening to his teachings, and then has to stand by and watch him be beaten, ridiculed, and put to death. She watches her only child bloody and broken as he is handed a cross to carry, which he will be crucified on. For three hours, she stands at the foot of that cross watching him die. He is then stabbed in the side to make sure he's dead, pulled from the cross and buried. I've often found great hope in reading stories of those who have suffered greatly and persevered. During my journey of infertility and my miscarriage, I always found healing in these stories. I read a lot of books on Holocaust survivors during the midst of my journey because I found hope within those words. I found comfort in knowing that these people who suffered the complete and utter loss of everything could survive and go on to live meaningful and joyful lives. Then there was hope for me and that my grief could have meaning and that I too would survive. That is what the seven sorrows gave me. Here is this woman asked to say yes to God and lived through terrible pain, through a sword through her soul. And in the end, her yes, her fiat, brought healing to the world. As I read through each of her sorrows and entered into her fear, her grief, and her pain, I started to find hope. I used this book, Your Sorrow is My Sorrow, for the Healing Hopeful Hearts series The book not only walks through each of her sorrows, but it provides prayers and meditations for each sorrow and connects them to our lives today. It's really quite beautiful. There's a prayer in the book I often use with healing hopeful hearts, and it's in the fourth sorrow. Mary, you have been there before me. Your heart opened wide to embrace Jesus when you met your son on the way to his death. You felt the depth of his suffering. You entered his wounded path of pain. I love that line. You entered his wounded path of pain. It goes on. I too need courage and spiritual stamina to be with the pain of my own journey. All right, sorry, another great line. Praying for courage and spiritual stamina to be with the pain of your own journey. Not fleeing from the pain, but seeking to be with your pain. It continues. Teach me how to be with my suffering. I want to meet myself as lovingly as you met your wounded and pain-filled son. Woman of compassion, mother of sorrows. I draw inspiration from your journey. I too can move through the pain of my present situation. Your faith and courage lead me to my own. There are so many beautiful prayers in this book that tie our pain to hers, but more so they tie our healing to hers. I think this book moved me so much and continues to move me because it led me to see we need to walk with our pain. And that's really counterintuitive, though, isn't it? When something is hurting you, you are afraid something will hurt you. Most people, by the very nature of being a creature, most people will want to move away from that pain or what they think is going to cause pain. But here in this book, Upon Reflection of Mary's Seven Sorrows, we see that we must walk with the pain. We must trust there is hope and healing and purpose in the pain. It's hard. When you're longing for a child and month after month, your hope is wounded. When you carry a child in your womb only to lose that child. When you're single and fear that you may never find your partner in time enough to even try to build your family. These are very real, very painful experiences. And once we do everything we possibly can to move away from the pain, we don't want it to hurt. We don't want to be scared. We don't want to doubt. But in the end, the only way to heal, the only way to find the purpose, to find joy and hope is through the pain. You have to walk with it. This book led me to a devotion to the seven sorrows, and it also led me to discover the seven sorrows rosary. The Seven Sorrows Rosary is a rosary that's made up of seven sets of seven. Each set you meditate on one of the sorrows and then pray the rosary as you normally would, but it's seven sets of seven as opposed to five sets of 10. I've also read that the Seven Sorrows Rosary is a powerful prayer for those dealing with infertility. When I learned about the sorrows, I was about two years into my acceptance of being childless. But I pray this rosary and meditate on the sorrows not only for my own continued healing, but also for the healing of those grieving and those living in fear that their dreams for a child or another child might never come true. There's a line in the book that is, Mary's presence at the foot of the cross is a vivid commentary on the resiliency of the human spirit. When love is the motivation, one can wait beneath the cross for a very, very long time. That's grief. We grieve because we love. We grieve because we want the love we have for our spouse to be personified and manifested through a child. We grieve because that tiny little life you carried is now gone, but you loved that little life the moment you found out he or she was growing inside of you. The desire for a child is love. And we grieve when we lose the ability to create or carry a life. We grieve because we love, and when we love, as Joyce Rupp says, we can stand beneath the cross for a very, very long time. As the book goes on to the final sorrow, it talks about lying your sorrows to rest. Like Mary laid Jesus in the tomb, we too must lay our sorrows down. We must lay them down because eventually they will become too heavy, and while we need to grieve and we need to process, we also need to heal. Maybe your journey's just beginning. Maybe you're in the middle of it and you've been carrying your pain for months, or even years. Maybe you're at the end of it, but in a state of despair. At some point, you need to lay your sorrow to rest. I love a good paradox, and I don't know if there's any greater paradox in the life of Jesus. He had to die in order so that others could live. He had to be buried in order to rise. We too have to lay down our pain to rest in order to rise again. I've referenced James Finley before. He has this quote that I just love. Prior to being grounded in love, we think we are nothing but the self that things happen to. We are afraid to go near the hurting place because we absolutize the relative. But we are absolutely grounded in the absolute love of God that protects us from nothing, even as it sustains us in all things it grounds us to face all things with courage and tenderness. I love that. The absolute love of God that protects us from nothing, even as it sustains us in all things. In the Your Sorrow is My Sorrow book, Rupp has a similar reflection. She says, Mary's faith in the Holy One didn't protect her from suffering. It did not shield her from the sorrow and loneliness that are part of death, but it did keep her from being swallowed, by the bitterness and hard-heartedness that can come when one has many tribulations. I've shared on more than one occasion that I was away from the church and my faith for most of, if not all, of my infertility journey and my miscarriage. When I started this podcast, my husband said something to the effect of, hey, don't forget, you're not in the place that you're in now when you're in the midst of your grief. Okay, he would never actually say the words in the midst of your grief. But his point was, don't forget where you were, and be the voice for not only those practicing their faith, but the voice you needed to hear when you weren't. I carry that with me each episode because while I truly believe my real healing began when I returned to the church, I want this podcast to be for everyone regardless of their faith journey. With that said, those two quotes are so true. With or without God, we will suffer. His love, her faith, didn't shield Mary from the pain of a sword through her soul. The Seven Sorrows is often depicted in art as a picture of a crying, agonized Mary gazing upward with seven swords in her heart. Yet he sustained her, and he does the same thing for us. Regardless of your faith in him, his love still sustains us. The difference is without him, we are swallowed by the bitterness and hard-heartedness. I was... I was swallowed by the bitterness and hard heartedness until I walked with my pain with God. I was consumed by the pain. Now there's a little bit of a rub here and that's because healing can be harder than the grief. Healing requires surrender. It requires faith. Surrender and faith is a path where we are only shown the next step. With sadness and grief, we see the whole path. But it's a path that is dark and jagged. So there's a weird comfort in staying on that grieving path alone because even though it is dark and scary and painful, we know what to expect. When we walk with our pain on a path of surrender and faith, we don't get to see what's up ahead. Is it more pain? More disappointment? More agony? Maybe, probably, because that's life. Mary was not spared. Jesus was not spared, but walking this journey with God, with faith that he will sustain you, will heal you, that he will use your pain to bring about good, makes not knowing anything more than the next step. It makes that that path is the path to forward healing. Through Mary's seven sorrows, we see how one woman who said yes to trust in God suffered greatly. She knew pain was part of the journey. She suffered She feared. She watched her only child be brutally murdered and buried him. And yet, through it all, she continued to say yes and she continued to be a mother to us all. One of my favorite lines in the Bible is from John 19. And it's when Jesus is dying on the cross. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple there whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. In that moment Jesus gave us his mother and he gave us to her and in giving her to us and us to her he gave us her sorrows and we can in return give her ours. I remember when I was growing up my grandmother always carried a rosary in her purse. It was one of those cheap plastic glow in the dark rosaries. I loved it and after she died it was the only thing I wanted. I have that rosary now. I share this because I was never overly devout growing up, but I was always drawn to the rosary. And having rediscovered my faith, I did so in a very large way through Mary. When I was hurting and being swallowed by bitterness, it was through Mary, the mother who suffered more than any other, that I found real healing. The Seven Sorrows Rosary played a large role in that and continues to do so. When I learned of the seven sorrows, it was through her suffering that I found true forward healing. It was the realization that God was not being unjust because I was suffering. I wasn't being punished. I wasn't being treated unfairly. It was the realization that struggle is part of life. Things are painful and unfair. And it was nothing personal. I was not being ignored, overlooked, or damned. I think I thought if I prayed hard enough, if I hoped hard enough, I tried hard enough and cried hard enough, the suffering would just go away. And I would be given what I hoped for. But Then I see that here is the mother of God who suffered more than I could possibly imagine. Her faith in God didn't protect her from pain, but it sustained her in everything. And if a pure, sinless woman, devout beyond comprehension, could suffer and go on to be the mother of the world, then my suffering could also lead to good, could lead to healing my own, and for others. It's said that God meets us where we are. I don't actually know who says that, but I heard it frequently. When we are grieving, suffering, lost, scared, confused, and persecuted by our pain, there's healing to be found in others and others that are in that same place. That's what support groups are, meeting others where they are where you are. We seek out those that will understand us, see us, and walk with us. That is what we can find in Mary's seven sorrows. A woman who trusted God, said yes, and suffered great pain. A woman who knew pain, who suffered the wound of a sword through her soul. Through her sorrows, God can meet you in your own place of suffering. If you're seeking someone who knows this darkness and has the map, seek no further than Our Lady of Sorrows. I end each episode with Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. It's through Mary, Our Lady of Sorrows, that we can find great healing. Some of you may not know, but flowers are often associated with Our Lady. There are several different ones, including lilies and roses. And the image that I use for the podcast an iris which is also referred to as the sword iris and is associated with mary's seven sorrows because of the name this podcast was greatly influenced by mary's seven sorrows as was my healing and i am honored and humbled to bring this episode to you i hope this episode brings you some forward healing i will put a link to the book of your sorrow is my sorrow in the show notes and also, there's a wonderful Seven Sorrows devotional called Waiting with Mary Seven Sorrows Devotional for Catholic Women Facing Infertility by Catherine Wood. You can follow Katie on Instagram at The Joyful Leap. Join me next week for an episode when I will outline infertility and miscarriage 101. I'll explore terms like childlessness, what infertility is, what, inf- what secondary infertility is, miscarriage statistics that no one tells you about and much more. Thank you for listening. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us.